this episode of Great Practices, I'm talking with Jerry Sutton, Director of Learning and Organizational Development at Bobby Dodd Institute, about ways you can expand your talent pool. Find out how the Bobby Dodd Institute Certification Program has allowed disabled people to find employment in the technical industry, how businesses and employees have benefited, and where you can find local resources where you live. Plus, this is kind of like listening to an episode of Mythbusters, as Jerry uncovers and debunks three common myths about hiring disabled people. It's hard to say when something is a best practice, but it's much easier to know when something is a great practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Interviews with PMO and project management leaders who, through years of trial and error, have discovered their own great practices and are now sharing their insights with you. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation as Chris Kopp uncovers another great practice in this episode. Well, we'd like to welcome you to Great Practices today. And one thing is true about being a PMO leader, and that is that you are always going to need good people to run your projects. This ranges anywhere from project coordinators, project managers, senior project managers, program managers, to the people that are actually doing the frontline work. And for some time now, uh, people have been hard to come by, especially when it comes to the technology space. So what is it that you can do as a PMO leader to fill in some of these gaps? Well, our guest today is Jerry Sutton. He is the Director of Learning and Organizational Development at Bobby Dodd Institute. And he's going to talk to you and talk to us about an option that you may not have even thought of or even known it to exist when it comes to finding qualified technical resources, and how your organization can benefit. So, Jerry, we'd like to welcome you to the Great Practices Podcast. Well, Chris, thank you very much for having me, and I'm excited to be with you here today and tell a little bit uh, about the Bobby Dodd story. All right. Well, why don't we start there? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and what you do and a little bit more uh, background of the Bobby Dodd Institute? Well, I'm, I'm certainly privileged to um, serve the Bobby Dodd Institute in the capacity of as a, a director of learning and I, I get to do some pretty special things where we create learning programs for the people with disability community. In fact, that's kind of our mission at Bobby Dodd Institute uh, is to support the people with disability community in its entirety. And we do that um, across the state of Georgia, but actually we have um, support uh, agencies that we reach out to in four different states, and we even have some national reach uh, in our support of people with disabilities, but certainly a unique community, um, but one that is underserved and one that I am happy to serve. Yeah, excellent. How long have you been there now? Well, I've I've been fortunate to be uh, with the company for five years, kind of happened on uh, them. You know, I'm retired military and, and had done some uh, work in the federal contracting sector and uh, all of those were wonderful opportunities and uh, had a privilege to see the world and all of that but travel pretty soon uh, it wears on you after yeah. a while and so I was looking for something a little more uh, stable uh, and home grounded and so uh, I landed at Bobby Dodd Institute and uh, in an exploratory visit and uh, really, uh, I never left. Once I started uh, visiting the organization, it's pretty amazing what we get to do. 
That's great. Well, let's talk about what you get to do a little bit. So um, what are some of these programs that are available for disabled people and employers? What does that look like? Well, you know, we, we have a host of services that we provide uh, at the Bobby Dodd Institute. Everything from, if you could think about it, uh, one of the most prevalent concerns for people with a member in their family who is disabled um, are the benefits that um, they are entitled to and eligible for. And so we have a benefits navigation uh, program uh, where people can consult with us and get some support and gaining that Social Security benefit, maybe Medicaid benefit. We have behavioral health programs. We have family support programs destined to support the entire family nucleus. And then we even have a trust uh, initiative that is called the Georgia Community Trust, where people come to us. One of the things that we often learn is that from a care provider's um, perspective, one of their greatest priorities is to ensure the welfare of their loved ones after they are gone. And so we are actually able to facilitate that uh, with the establishment of a trust. We have summer programs um, that uh, focus on uh, work uh, sponsored by the Department of Labor and the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency. Uh, and then we have other work programs, such as our BDI Bridge Academy. We're pretty proud of that. Um, uh, from our initial conversation about IT uh, or, or the reference to IT, we actually have the only IT skills training program that provides um, participants uh, with a Cisco certified technician um, certification uh, at the completion of their journey. Uh, but we have the only program that's targeted specifically at the people with disability community, and it's a, a pretty amazing program. That's that's impressive. So you've got all of these all these other programs going on, and then obviously this employment side of things, this training side of things. It, it's a really neat program in that across the span of 20 weeks, we have an instructor who will provide uh, a virtual uh, delivery of the content Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, all of the participants will come to our Atlanta campus uh, on the west side of Atlanta. Okay. Uh, and they will participate in hands-on learning where we have Cisco routers and training equipment um, and all of the associated things that they will need to learn from a technical aspect. But in addition, in the afternoon, they're also prepared with work readiness training, uh, social skills uh, training, soft skills in the workplace, uh, still a, a high demand kind of uh, initiative uh, in the workplace. And, yep. and, and, and that's pretty uh, important. And that's not just relegated to the people with disability community. That's probably in every aspect of work. Employers need people with good soft skills. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, what some of the benefits are to an employer, you know, as far as you've got somebody that's gone through this program. Is there like a, a business case? Is there a good business reason? Oh, yeah, I was really... I was really hoping you were going to ask me that question because that's one of the things is we communicate um, the benefits of the BDI Bridge Academy um, IT skills training program. Um, in, in a greater perspective, there is a legitimate 
business case for hiring people with disabilities. And um, back in 2018, a study was done uh, with Accenture uh, that found uh, that businesses that actively seek to employ people with disabilities will outperform businesses that do not. Now, how does that translate? Well, what that really means is that researchers found that employers who embraced hiring people with disabilities had 28% higher revenue, double the net income, and 30% higher profit margins. So from a business case, that's kind of hard not to consider. Uh, but a lot of um, people just aren't aware of that. And so that's one of the things that we will help organizations do, not just prepare for uh, having and receiving and hiring people with disabilities because we do provide disability awareness training to employers, but we want to make that business case so that they are, are confident that they're moving in the right direction. Uh, other examples uh, from a business case that I, I probably should highlight is is reduced absenteeism. You know, we want people that will have a higher retention rate uh, and who are going to be at the job, on the job, when they're supposed to be there. Uh, and so, uh, interestingly enough, um, what we have found through a Department of Labor study is that employers who embraced um, hiring people with disabilities also saw a 90% increase in employee retention. Uh, among those with disabilities. Now that's dramatic. Um, uh, and so, and there are other, uh, there was a UPS study that was done that their increases in retention ranged anywhere from 14% to 130%, depending on the job sector that they were hired in. Uh, and so, again, those are business case considerations that are kind of hard to argue, kind of like improving your brand. Uh, and in fact, uh, it's a known fact that um, preferences for job seekers are, are inclusive companies. So 80% of job seekers will um, prefer an inclusive company uh, and 92% of consumers appreciate people who will hire disabilities. So your customer base is also appreciative of inclusivity. Those are this astounding numbers, aren't they? I mean, you're talking 28% revenue increase, uh, double net income, uh, re reduced absenteeism. I mean, the list goes on and on as far as the uh, the business case that uh, could be held for companies there. So that's, that's really impressive there. But now let me ask you this, though, um, because there's, there's going to be certain myths surrounding uh, hiring disabled employees. Um, so I want to kind of go there. What what are some of these myths that, you know, you've come across over the years? And then what's the reality uh, when it comes to um, hiring disabled people? Well, I think probably the number one consideration that most employers, uh, first, first of all, is they just don't know. So there's a, a large lack of awareness. And so there are some of these myths and assumptions that, for instance, for me to hire someone with a disability, yeah, uh, that means that's going to cost me a lot of money, yeah, because the government is going to require me to provide them with an accommodation, yeah, uh, and and if we look closer at that, the Job Accommodation Network would offer to you in a 2019 study that the average cost of a 
um, accommodation, uh, if there was even a cost, in fact, the vast majority of disabled people don't require any accommodation, but for those who do require an accommodation, that cost is averages around $500. Uh, and so, um, so that's one myth that we can dispel right away. Um, and that, uh, and we see this in that higher retention rate and the, and the higher, um, attendance rate, for instance, right. I'll give you a, um, I call him one of our success stories. His name is Marius and he works in our warehouse operation in the Atlanta Westside campus. And Marius has been with us for 10 years. Um, uh, and he's always on time. He uses public transportation. Uh, he doesn't have to um, have someone bring him to work. And so um, he is able to get to and from work and he's able to do his job and um, do it well. Um, and he's counted on um, uh, to be there to be able to provide the custodial services he supports us with uh, in the warehouse. And so um, so to me, that speaks um, highly of someone's willingness to come to work. They're very grateful that they, number one, have a job, um, and they're very grateful that they're part of the conversation. Disability law requires that we accommodate, but moreover or not, affirmative action, and there are other civil rights legislation um, documents out there that would say that we do need to support people of national, uh, regardless of national origin, of ethnicity, of gender, uh, et cetera. And disability is actually included in that uh, legislation, but it is often left out of the conversation. Yeah, so that's interesting. What we get to do is to help people include that in the conversation and then at the same time show them how they can make more money by doing that. You know, and it's interesting. So you said like the majority of people won't need accommodations, but the... Nope. The, the ones that do, the average is maybe $500. But you talk about those other numbers, you know, that you started with earlier and the fact that they're, you know, they show up and you can count on them. That $500 will quickly be made up, right? I mean, that's like just a, that's, that's inconsequential, right? Absolutely. When you look at just onboarding costs of onboarding a new employee, regardless of their job yeah. in an organization, there is certainly a cost that goes with that. Uh, and so the more I can diminish that cost, the more things I can do within the organization by increasing my retention rate. Yeah. Uh, and so if I have improved motivation and improved morale uh, in an organization, which is another byproduct of hiring people with disabilities, um, then uh, I think that's a win-win for both the employer and for the person with a disability. Yeah. Now, and you touched on it earlier, you know, you said um, that uh, people with disabilities will have a tendency to be very loyal to a company, right? So there's another, maybe a myth that they won't stay at a job for long. So what have you seen? What's the reality when it comes to what you've seen there? Absolutely. Well, the first man that comes to mind is Troy, also another um, worker uh, in our warehouse um, at uh, Westside Campus. 27 years um, he worked for Bobby Dodd. Um, we have people all over the company. In fact, that's what struck me uh, when I joined the company. Um, and our, number one, the people with disabilities, veterans with disabilities, there's uh, a unique 
amount of tenure. The CFO uh, of the company has been with the company for 20 plus years. Uh, the VP of People and Culture started as an HR generalist hmm. um, and is now the VP of People and Culture with over 20 years. Tracy Crawford, um, our IT uh, director and support coordinator, um, uh, has been over 25 years. We have a, another gentleman. I, I learned a unique story. His name is Maurice Kitchens. He's a warehouse manager in our organization. Uh, and he drives from Gray, Georgia every day to our Westside campus. And how far is that? That's at least an hour and a half. Wow. And that's in light traffic. Yep. So in heavy traffic, you're looking at two hours. It's over a hundred miles. Yeah. Um, uh, and so um, that says something about the mission of yeah. Bobby Dodd. When you have people that are willing to drive as far as they do to support a mission like ours, that says something about what we're doing. And, and, and in fact, when we talk about veterans, you know, not every disability is visible. And, and many people will declare a disability or we even will have a disability. I'm a 60% disabled veteran. But you wouldn't know that if I didn't tell you that. Right. Uh, and so there are a lot of people like that in the community, in the world. Right now, in our Bridge Academy cohort, we have a disabled, 100% disabled veteran who is in the Bridge Academy uh, cohort learning a new IT skill uh, because it's something that they can support with their disability. And that and that brings us to you know, maybe the third myth that, you know, I think, we may have heard over the years is that, you know, maybe disabled people could be limited as far as uh, the types of jobs they could do. But it sounds like you guys are absolutely expanding into into the IT space. Right. And you're, you're saying you're training everybody to be or a lot of people to be able to do like Cisco certifications, that type of thing. So that's another myth that you're busting now. Right. Uh, absolutely. And in fact, there is no one in our Bridge Academy cohort who can't perform the function that will be required of them once they obtain, uh, they obtain the Cisco Certified Support Technician Cybersecurity Certification, yeah. a global Cisco certification, which will unlock a lot of doors for them from an employability perspective. And uh, But uh, uh, across the spectrum, there are eligibility requirements uh, for everyone who attends the class. They have to have a regular high school diploma. They have to be uh, 18 years of age or older. Um, they have to be able to read and uh, do math at at least the freshman level uh, of high school, uh, and so and and they have to be able to communicate well enough to be able yeah. to support a customer service role or a network admin role, and that's the two specific jobs that we are from an entry level perspective into the IT world, um, and that opening that job opening will always be available and and be having turnover as people. Uh, you know, get into the IT industry and they find their feet and they get their niche and they've established that and then they grow within the company. And well, there'll be a time to replace that. And so what we want to do is to build a pipeline. You know, people don't think about that. We want to build a pipeline that from the moment they start with us, we are already beginning to target them with jobs in the community. Yeah. And that's one of our needs right now is for employers to take notice uh, to come to us, we'll certainly provide them uh, everything that they need from an employment perspective. But I can promise an employer this, that 
we would not provide them with a candidate. We would not. We will give them a referred candidate that has passed the certification exam and that is fully capable of performing the job uh, that they would be hired to do. And, and I think you talked about it earlier. I mean, it's a 20-week program, but it also sounds like, you know, there's soft skill training that's involved in that as well. There's there's side-by-side coaching that's going along with that, in addition to the technical skills, right? So it's a full package. Uh, absolutely. And that's something unique as a differentiator for us. We've partnered with another organization called the Watering Seeds Foundation. Um, anytime uh, a state organization, at least in the state of Georgia, provide some financial support for the program. And by the way, the program itself is, uh, there's no cost to the participants in the program. The program is funded by donors and, uh, and other sponsors. Uh, and, and we are very grateful for our presenting sponsor, Cox, and there are many others uh, who have supported us. Uh, but when we think about um, uh, the requirements of the state. The state requires us, if we get money from the state to support one of our programs, that from a placement perspective, we have to track their progress for 90 days once they've been on the job. Okay. Well, what we've learned is typically that's where problems will exist because once that support falls off after 90 days, there can be some problems. And so to counter that, we've, we're doing something unprecedented in the industry, and we're providing that participant, once they're on the job and working, with a job mentor and coach for 18 months after they have begun employment. Um, and so that's really wow. um, a significant differentiator uh, for, for the industry. Yeah. And that's a definitely, you know, it's a confidence builder, you know, too. So, I mean, just kind of, just you're absolutely mitigating the risk and the concern that an employer would have. So we talked about the benefits to an employer. What benefits, you know, and it's kind of a self-evident question, but what benefits have you seen to employees that have been hired? How have you seen, how have you seen this program change, you know, their lives? Ooh, uh, you're, you're not supposed to um, you're supposed to lob only softballs, Chris, not hardballs. Uh, um, I get a little emotional when I think about, you know, um, Michael Coleman is a, a student of ours. Um, and Liza Lucas was um, doing an interview from NBC News 11 Alive. Um, and she saw, uh, I had asked Michael, one of the students, a question yeah. about how do I isolate this system that's down and without compromising the other systems. And he was very busy uh, in the computer, but you could see his face light up with the, the fact that I asked him a question that he knew the answer and that he couldn't wait to show me that he knew the answer and to demonstrate that. So from, um, that perspective, Liza, in, in an interview with me, asked me a, a very similar question. Um, how did that make you feel? And it took me a, a moment or two to regain my composure because mm. I really hadn't really thought about that, but it made me feel awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it made me feel awesome because it was really then that I realized that 
the job that we are doing, the job that I get to do every day, affords me the opportunity to give a voice to people who are often not heard. And that's pretty special. That is very, that is very special. And you see that, you see that light bulb go off in their head, right? And that feeling of pride and that feeling of accomplishment, you know, that comes with that, right? And being able to, to, to deliver uh, the goods after they've gone through the training, you know, what a, what a feeling of accomplishment that is. Absolutely. We have two um, graduates now of the first cohort, uh, Rondarius Jordan and Mason Perez. They've just achieved their certification. Um, and are looking for employment um, and we're working hard to get them placed. And so we could certainly appreciate any um, network spread of our conversation um, to get it out to people because we have good people who will do good work. Um, uh, and I can promise you there's not a single employer that will regret their decision to hire one of our graduates. Awesome. Well, we're going to get your contact information in a second here. Uh, to be able to have anybody that's interested to contact you. But one more question. Um, so you're in the Atlanta area. Um, are there similar programs in other cities? What should employers uh, look for when they're looking for these types of programs? Is there anything that they should be aware of or cautious of? What does that look like? Well, I, I think, um, first of all, there are many nonprofit um, from a uh, concerned about or, or awareness, I, I would always check your nonprofit. There are several agencies out there that validate nonprofit status. Okay. Uh, I would always validate, use one of those websites. I, and I won't mention a, a specific name to give credence to one or over the other, but just do your homework and check okay. out a nonprofit support. But what more importantly, I would uh, offer is there is a wealth of resources. The first one that I would provide would be um, disabilityresources.org. Okay. Um, you can simply go to that website uh, and identify the state that you're in, and there will be a host of resources that are immediately identified that all focus on the people with disability community. Uh, and so that would be a place that I would go. Um, now, if I were looking for skills training programs and I'm an employer, uh, I would certainly um, utilize that and seek out organizations. Because I'll be honest, when I began to work with Bobby Dodd Institute, I didn't know institutions like Bobby Dodd Institute existed. Right, exactly. Uh, and so, um, so. I would definitely go to the disabilityresources.org um, and put in your state, and then you can begin to narrow it down uh, by city, but very, very good resources. There are probably um, at least 150 individual resources that come up with just the Georgia um, search on that alone. Perfect. And then you're saying that that will give you a level of trust because they've been vetted out, obviously being on that site and everything like that. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So let's say somebody wants to contact you. They want to hire some employees that have been through the training with you. What's the best way for someone to, to get in touch with you and talk about this further? Well, if you forget the email address, it, it, that's cool. You can go to our website at bobbydodd.org. There's a, a, a wealth of information, info at Bobby Dodd. But, but for me, 
you can email me at jerry.sutton at bobbydodd.org, um, and I'm happy to connect you with the right um, uh, people in our organization to get you the information you need for employment. Excellent. Well, Jerry, thank you very much for being on Great Practices today. You know, this is this is eye-opening as far as that these programs even exist. So that's good to know, and it's good to see that you guys are making, uh, you know, such a, a big difference in people's lives. So appreciate you being on today. Thank you very much, Chris. Talk to you soon. Well, that was another great episode of Great Practices, and we certainly do appreciate Jerry joining us today. Uh, what were some of the great practices and insights that came from this episode? Well, it was good to see that organizations like the Bobby Dodd Institute uh, exist in being able to help out those with disabilities. Uh, particularly with the Bobby Dodd Institute, they have that IT certification program that allows uh, their students to receive a Cisco certification at the end uh, of a 20-week course. So that's something very unique and something that uh, we certainly want to take advantage of. Now, what were some of the benefits to employers of hiring disabled people, perhaps those that have gone through the certification program? Well, Jerry brought out some very impressive statistics. Uh, companies that hire disabled people have shown to have a 28% higher revenue, uh, doubled net income, 30% higher profit margins. Uh, there's a Department of Labor study that shows that 90% increase in employee retention. And additionally, 80% of job seekers prefer to work for a company that is an inclusive company. And 92% of consumers appreciate and prefer buying and purchasing and being a customer uh, of companies that are inclusive. Now, I liked it because he went on and talked about some of the myths that were surrounding hiring disabled employees. And what he really brought up was the point that people just don't know. One of the first myths of these that it's going to cost a lot of money to hire disabled people because they require a lot of accommodations. Well, again, he said that's not true. For those that do need accommodation, and he said that that is a, a small amount the average cost is $500, and that's even if accommodation is going to be needed. But when you couple that with higher retention rate, higher attendance rate, not having to uh, train new employees because of a lot of turnover, that $500 really becomes uh, very minimal when you think about it. Myth number two that he busted is that employees won't stay at a company for a very long time. Well, again, he had a number of examples of those that have stayed at companies for decades, 27 years, 25 years, over 20 years uh, in the industry in which they're working. So something else that, uh, again, that high retention rate, that high loyalty that uh, the students have to the companies that they work for. And myth number three that he busted was that they'd be limited about the uh, amount of, or the different types of jobs that they could do, like perhaps could only be a customer service rep. Well, he certainly has dispelled that myth by showing that people are being trained when it comes to IT and being able to uh, get jobs and helping in that area as well. The other thing that I appreciated that uh, the Bobby Dodd Institute and what Jerry was talking about was the fact that one of the differentiators that they have uh, is the fact that they will work closely with their students for 
not 30 days, not 60 days, not 90 days, like what the state requires, but we'll coach and mentor and check in over an 18 month period. What a huge differentiator uh, when it comes to working with their students and making sure that they're doing the job that they're expected to do. Uh, performing coaching, making sure that things are okay, making sure that uh, everything is going as expected over that 18-month period. What a strong foundation people will end up at the end of that. Finally, uh, I like that he talked about what you can look for locally. If you're looking to hire disabled employees, if you're looking to see if a uh, a organization like this exists in your area or if there's programs like this available in your area, you can go to disabilityresources.org and identify your state, and then you're going to be able to narrow it down from there. So that's disabilityresources.org, identify your state, and you'll see a lot of programs uh, in each state that would be available to you as an employer. So we'd like to thank Jerry again for being on today and sharing these great practices and the great work that they're doing at Bobby Dodd Institute. And if you have a great practice you'd like to share, go to the PMOleader.com, click on Explore, Great Practices Podcast, and fill out the form at the bottom of the screen. Someone will get in touch with you shortly. Also, be sure not to miss a single episode by subscribing to Great Practices on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you hear, we've had so many great guests on now. Be sure to share this with your manager, colleague, and any others that you think would benefit. Thanks again for listening to this episode and keep putting great practices into practice.